Hello there, my name is Laura Alamieri and uh, welcome for being here and uh, I'm going to present to you a podcast and what I want to share in this podcast is about my personal experience of real estate investing and uh, one of the reasons I do this, the main reason I do this is because for me to explain to somebody how the different strategies in real estate work in a career that for me has spent over 30 years is to explain to you how I got into things how it was about trial and error and really kind of going with the flow of things and incorporating into my strategies and my goals. So you will see a lot of the things overlapping for your career. A certain time you might go into one strategy more than the other. So I want to share my journey with you for this podcast and hopefully this will give you some uh, golden nuggets of information that maybe incorporate into your strategy and your vision for your real estate business. So originally I came from Italy in 1985 and actually I, I was married to somebody in the army and we got stationed in Hawaii. So that was a perfect place to be. It wasn't our first place to be stationed, but that's where we ended up in 87. And uh, uh, at that point I was in college. I was going to for a business degree in accounting and I was looking for a way to pay for my college studies without having to get out student loans. But I wanted uh, something that was flexible, that let me the time to study and do other things and uh, instead of just being in an eight to five schedule. So um, in the same time, uh, I, I got the attention to real estate because one of our favorite pastimes was to go see open houses on Sundays. And we went to see this open house where this real estate broker actually had fixed this house and was flipping it. You know, so he bought this gorgeous, beautiful home, two plus million dollar home on diamond head and um, he fixed it up and he was selling and he said this, he did that as a business. So that intrigued me and I asked him, I said, okay, how do I know more about this? And so he recommended a couple of books and uh, there were not that much books back then. There was maybe one late night infomercial from Dave Daldado. Carlton Sheets wasn't even out yet. That's how far along it was. And uh, so he says, okay, just go ahead and get a couple of books and uh, study about it. So then I went ahead and also got my real estate license because I thought that, you know, I needed to know more about the business, the terminologies, they do the don'ts, the laws. Don't forget that I came from another country. So there was even that working against me as far as really understanding the culture and the business mentality. Uh, so I got my license and I was very fortunate to go work for a real estate company where they were real estate investors. Um, so I went to work for Dolman and Associates in 87 and there were a lot of developers on the island so I got exposed to real estate brokerage uh, as an agent but also to the investments and I realized right away there was a lot more money to be made in investments than brokerage even if brokerage commissions were really good in Hawaii because of the prices. So we started actually buying our own property. We bought a townhouse, fixed it up, sold it. Now, the end of the 80s was a crazy time in Hawaii as far as values, properties were doubling price overnight. So literally in a little over a year, we bought this townhouse for $108,000, sold it for $240,000 without even doing any work to it. And then with that money, we bought the $350,000 house, sold it a year later for four hundred twenty-five, dollars and then took that money and put it into a probate that was $1.2 million. And then we never closed on it because we were going to leave the islands and uh, I flipped the contract. So that was my first exposure to wholesaling and made $75,000 on it. 
But through this process, personally, of doing my own fix and flip and being a real estate agent and understanding a little more about the business, that's how I learned. There was no really any, um, you know, I read a lot of books, uh, whatever books I could get on, because back then there were not that much information. I bought a late night infomercial. There was Dave Delgado. He had a late night program about buying foreclosures. Uh, that's it. You know, and so honestly, it took me about eight years from 87 to 95 to really understand the business because I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. There were no mentors or nobody really teaching me. So now going back to Hawaii, so we did those fix and flips with the last wholesale. Then in 91, we moved to the mainland. Now I was used to these amazing commissions in Hawaii. My average commission was $5,000 plus. We were doing fix and flip and we ended up in the Midwest. Now the Midwest had very, you know, the commissions were really low. There was no really a market there as a real estate agent. Um, and we were in the middle of the Midwest. It was stationed in Fort Leonard, Missouri. So it was in the middle of the countryside on top of it. And uh, so what I started thinking about is getting into the rental business. I said, well, if I get a portfolio rental properties, then I have some income coming in, passive income. I don't have to find a job where, for me, it was really hard to find a job where we lived. And on top of that, you know, I was having children at the time. I had two children at the time, small kids. I said, well, I don't have to get a job and I can stay home with the children. So my problem was, though, um, that I had come from Hawaii. We had money from what we had done business in Hawaii, but my husband at the time did not believe into really putting our money with real estate. Um, so we, he allowed us to put the, half of the money down on our own home. So we bought a gorgeous home, 5,000 square foot home with two kitchens, the most expensive property <laughs> where we lived. Um, but we put down a half of it, which was about $100,000. And uh, yeah, right, 200,000 for a 5,000 square foot home. That was a dream, right? Um, so we put $100,000 down, and, but they said, we, I don't want to use any money for real estate. So whatever you do for real estate, you have to do it on your own, figure it out. So I said, great. So I had to be creative. I had to think outside the box, but I was used to that because in Hawaii, I had done already a lot of things being creative. Um, so again, I started reading up and I got informed, and the most important thing I do is I took action, okay? I didn't know everything. I didn't have all my dotted I's and cross T's. I just went out there and said, I need to do something. I wanna build up a business. I wanna get rental properties. There must be a way, you know? I read these books and they say, you do this, you do that. So I tried. I started calling landlords. I started calling for sell by owners, for rent signs. Uh, going through the classifieds and basically calling people up and asking them, hey, you know, I see your property is for rent. Would you consider selling it? And then if it were considered selling it, I would do a lease option, right? I would basically do owner financing, lease options, master lease options, subject to takeover mortgages. There were still some FHA assumable back then. So I did all I had to do to take over whatever properties I could. And then I started approaching banks, smaller banks and credit union and asked them, you want to share with me any of your REOs, portfolio, properties you own that are foreclosed, the ones that you really want to get rid of and you're willing to finance them for me, I'll do whatever it takes. So I ended up obviously buying property in the bad parts of town. Now keep in mind that I lived about two and a half hours from the closest metropolitan area, which was St. Louis. So I had to drive three, four times a week back and forth. Cell phones back then were very expensive. So I had a cell phone. I was paying almost $1,000 a month for a cell phone bill. 
because they charge by the minute. And I was doing all my calls with my commutes back and forth. What I'm saying this for is that I did what I had to do. I drove three times a week. I, uh, I ran up a huge cent for bills every month, but I was doing deals. And within about 18 months, I actually owned 16 multifamilies, anywhere from, well, I had a couple two fam, uh, single family. I had mainly two and four, and then I had six units and an eight unit apartment building. And all were purchased without bank financing. So that's the thing I wanna share with you. You can do it, you just have to be creative. So I, um, so by the end of the 18 month, now I had this portfolio and I was making about $8,000 a month in the residual income. And then I, um, I said, well, I want to go back and start doing some fix and flips right now. Now, I was still living in the country. And uh, so I started buying into some property. I did only one. I used hard money and I was totally disgusted by <laughs> the fees and the points. And I ended up paying so much for at the end of the day when I sold it, they made more money the lender than I did. So I said, well, this is not the way I want to go. So I stopped doing that for now. And uh, at this point, it was in 93, 94. Um, I went, I, I got my license again in Missouri and I went to work for a real estate broker in St. Louis that was uh, also an investor and he was really creative, a little too much sometimes, you know, he was a little bit not as uh, honest as I should say, but uh, um, I went to work for him for three months and you know, then I couldn't handle it anymore. But I learned that what he was doing, he was flipping the contract. He was putting property under contract and then selling the contract at closing and walk away with the profit. So that was my first exposure really to wholesaling on a big business level beside the contract I had done that $75,000 in Hawaii. So I said, hmm, there's something to this. You know, um, I can get all these properties under contract at a great price and then sell them and walk away with the profit and never even have to own the properties for more than five minutes. So I started doing a lot of those. I was not sure if I was acceptable, so I called the real estate commission. I've been an agent, I wanna get in trouble, and I say, hey, I wanna do this. What should I do? How should I write my contracts? So I wanted to get that from the horse's mouth, right? So I got information from the agency, from the real estate commission, because I said, I'm sure they will tell me what I need to do the correct way. So I got that information, cool. So I started using that, and uh, by 95, I was wholesaling. Uh, full-fledged wholesaling. Now, at this point, I was going through personal things as well. Uh, my husband at the time was moving to New York to be a, a professor at West Point. He wanted me to move. I wanted, so anyway, I thought I was going to move, and so I decided to sell all my rentals, which was the biggest one of the biggest mistakes. Don't ever do that. So I sold my rental properties, and uh, and I said, well, you know, I can do wholesaling though. Um, so for, a, for 95 at this point, I also started working corporate a little bit because I got my master's degree. I was getting finishing up on my master, and again with my ex-husband's advice, he said, you know, you need to get a real job. <laughs> and uh, so I said, you need to use your degree. So I did, and I went to um, get my, uh, finish up my master. So I was working in metal commodities trading as an assistant controller. I hated it. I hated every single minute. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that stuck in a cubicle every day, right? Um, so I made a decision I was gonna quit my job. Uh, so this was in June of 95. He, at the same time, he had moved to West Point at this point. So I said six months, I quit my job no matter what. And that's what I did. And so within six months, 
But in order for me to do that, I had to really rev up my business with wholesaling. So I need to really close at least one to deals a month. That's the way I felt. And, uh, and so I did what I had to do. Again, you do what it takes. Make calls during my lunch hour, make calls in the evening, get up early in the morning, work on weekends. You know, this 95, there was not a lot of tools or things like nowadays. You know, you had the computer, but you didn't have much internet. The phones were still expensive. It didn't matter. I had to do it. And, and it's important to understand that for every one of us, we get to a point in our life that it's just like, I got to do this. There is no option B. If I don't make this, you know, I'm going to just, I'm just going to die. I'm going to go in depression. I can't do this anymore. So I got reached to that point where I just did had to do what I had to do. And uh, until you get to the point, you don't understand what it is because then you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes. You get to the point that says, if I don't do them, is this work? I prefer quitting my job and go live under a bridge because I just can't do this anymore. And I did. Um, so within six months, I had built up the business to do at least two, actually I was doing two to three deals a month at that point, quit my job. Um, and, uh, and my husband at the time was in West Point. So what I decided to do is I was gonna run my business in St. Louis, but I also was gonna be in the West Point with him because I had some child, two children there. One of the baby was with me, the other two were with him. So I decided to go back and forth, literally commute twice a month. So I started doing virtual investing. <laughs> so I stumbled into that. See, everything I've done in my career is pretty much I stumbled into it, right? Um, so I stumbled into wholesaling, I stumbled into doing a fix and flip, I stumbled into everything. So I started doing this. And so I started living two, three weeks in West Point and one, two weeks in St. Louis, flying back and forth and driving most of the times because I would not know a lot of times if I could go because I had closing on a Friday, so I wanted to make sure the closing was done in case it was postponed to Monday morning. So I didn't want to commit to going. So, you know, I had to drive. So I would drive 16 hours straight. You know, it was crazy, I know. I always say I'm a truck driver at heart, but I was like 16 hours straight from St. Louis to New York and back, you know, in, within three days without sleeping. Um, that was insane. But anyway, so I did that for two years. Um, then in 97, so at this point I was wholesaling. I also got licensed in New York uh, because I was gonna do some deals there. I did one deal there, but then I was doing so much in St. Louis and then in 95, uh, from 97, 97 I moved back to Missouri because uh, at that point I was getting a divorce uh, and my business was mainly in St. Louis. So I moved back and I started buying more rental properties. Now in the process of doing this again, so I started buying rentals because I wanted a recurring income. So at this point, I had a good full-fledged wholesaling business. So what I decided to do is talk to some of my buyers, they were cash investors, and ask them if they would partner with me and give me money so I could buy more properties, fix them up and sell them. So doing a fix and flip, but remember, I did not like hard money. So I said, well, I have a little more control, better rates and more flexibility and more available capital. So I, that worked. So three of my uh, buyers, I pulled on board, they had a lot of cash and they started giving me the capital to buy and fix that property. So I did that. So I was doing fix and flip at this point. Some of the property I buy, I would just put them out there and wholesale them, but then I started building up a portfolio again. So between 97, 2001 was my, you know, I was really doing all three strategy. 
Then 2001, I had another bright idea, stumbled into something else again. I said, okay, so it worked so well with three of my buyers that I was able to get their capital and going to buy more properties. What if I could get 20, 30 you know, buyers like that or people that can venture their capital with me? And so what I did in July of 2001, I remember that I put together a, what I call the meeting of the minds. So I talked to the title company I was working with, mortgage brokers I was working with. I said to them, look, anybody you know that has money, invite them to a meeting, okay? And so they invited me to a meeting for me. I said, and anything comes out of it, you know, I'll make sure that I take care of you. So they invited me to a meeting. And I remember in July 2001, I called it the meeting of the minds. And I invited these people and basically I told them, look, these are my closing statements over the last few years. I've done all these deals. And uh, I would love for you to be part with me. You know, it's enough to go around with everybody. You have the capital. I know how to find the deals. I have my construction team. I can sell them. I just need more money. So we had about 25 people that showed up that night at the meeting. Six of them signed up to be my lenders. So, and it was something I didn't know if it was gonna work. So honestly, I wasn't prepared some of the questions. I didn't have even my LLC in place. I have nothing. I just had an idea. And but I wanted to know if it works before I went into a full fledged which it did, right? So my original thing was I'm gonna raise 10 private lenders and then after 10, I'm just gonna close the door, which I did. So I got 10 very quickly, six that night, I already had three, and then I got one more within a week. And, um, and then I closed the door. And this, I started doing a lot of deals. I had a lot of money now to go out, so we started buying at auctions, we started going to banks and cleaning up all their REOs, buying bulk REOs and so forth. And then what happened is word of mouth started going out. Now I had a waiting list of people that want to loan me money. And so eventually I opened up the door to a few more. So within, uh, you know, two, three months, we had 15, then we ended up about 20 some lenders within a year. Then I closed the doors um, because what was happening is the initial lenders start exponentially grow their money and then they were pulling money out of nowhere. I don't know, retirement accounts or borrowing money from friends and family because they were seeing such good returns on their investments. So there was so much money that I already had. We went into new developments, construction. Um, you know, we, uh, by the end of 2002, we were doing over 20 fix and flips at the time and wholesaling 10 to 15 deals a month. So at this point, everything was going great. Life was good. And then 2007 rolled around. So 2007 was a wake up call, right? For everybody in the real estate industry. Um, there was the mortgage collapse, the uh, subprime loans went out. There was a lot of scams that came to the surface. So I went to my lenders and this is a good thing about establishing a relationship with private lenders because you can have these conversations. Nobody's gonna sue anybody. Nobody's gonna pull the rug from underneath you. I just went to my private lender and says, look, okay, we have a couple of options here. Um, number one, you can liquidate and take whatever money you can out, you know, and uh, I'm sorry this happened. Number two, we can hold on to these properties rentals and see what happens in a few years and then sell them at that point. Real estate always comes back around and even stronger. So about 60% wanted to pull their money out. You know, some of them were elderly. They want to put the money for their kids, you know, in the trust was so, was so forth. So, and the other ones decided to be in a rental. So now I had uh, rental properties again that I was managing for them, but also I had my money tied into them and also 
I was making money as a manager. So really, that carried me through the recession. And then in 2009, 2010, I said, okay, wholesaling the way we knew it had died. Um, fix and flips were happening if you got the good deals. So I still was doing fix and flip. But I said, where am I going to find deals now, right? Uh, everything was upside down, right? The market, the properties were worth so much less than what the loans were. So then I stumbled into short sales. So again, I said, okay, there's something there. So I went full-fledged. Anytime I do something in real estate, by the way, I go in full force. I go in 100%, 150%, I do it. I have to build momentum right now, otherwise it's not gonna motivate me to break through. So I went into short sales, so I didn't know anything about it. So I went and got trained by somebody that was doing over 100 short sales at the time. And within, uh, this was at the end of 2009, I remember because my training finished just before Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving I started working. By the end of uh, December, I had 30 short sales under contract. I hired two short sales negotiators to work for me full time. So short sales was blasting. The thing is about real estate, even when a recession, anything happens, when one door closes, two, three hour opens. And the competition is not there because everybody is falling off the wagon because they think, oh my God, things are falling apart. No, you know, the thing is, think about it. Real estate is one of those basic human needs that it's never gonna go away. It's not a fad business. It's not a business they say, it's here today, gone tomorrow, no. Properties, houses, um, it, you're supplying a community. You're supplying a need for humanity, right? So it's always gonna be there. And so if you go with the flow, if you adjust your strategy, if you reinvent yourself as an investor, you're always gonna have a business. That's the thing I tell people, don't freak out when things happen, right? In the economy or anything. So, so then what happened is I went into short sales and then by 2010, 2011, I was doing amazing, making a lot of money. Everybody else in the country was struggling. I wasn't. And people asked, asking me, you know, how do you do this? What have you done? You know, you're still doing so well. How did you do this? How you wholesale? How do you fix and flip? How do you buy rentals? Where do you get the money? And all these people asking me. So I say, I tell you what. I said, you know, I'm going to start teaching people how to do this. And uh, I was not going to write a book. I felt everybody writes books. Um, at this point, there was some coaching out there from people that were coaching. But, you know, honestly, I kind of saw that was kind of a lot of scams going on. So I said, I want to do things a little different. I want to be different than anybody else. And so I started teaching my own experience. I said, I'm not going to teach you something that anybody else can teach you. I'm going to teach you something that's outside the box because that's the only way how to do things. I need to think outside the box. I need to reinvent myself. I love real estate. I've been in real estate for over 30 years and I think one of the reasons I've been successful and thriving is because I'm always looking and thinking outside the box. I never take no for an answer. I don't leave myself defeated. I travel uh, if I have to, you know, drive two and a half hours each way, three times a week, put a ton of miles on my car. I had to trade cars every six months. I had to, my cell phone bills was huge. Um, I did what I have to do, right? But the thing is, I knew that if I put the focus and I built a momentum, it would pay back 10 times over, which it did. So then I started teaching people. So in 2010, I said, okay, with all this now, Think about it, internet is kind of new, right? It's been around only for 20 some years. So 2010, there were people, you know, so I started putting this information online. I 
It took me a year and a half to get uh, really 30 years of knowledge online, but I created this uh, platform and I started sharing information with people and eventually expanded into coaching um, nationwide. And now that's where I am today. That's how you see me. So it's about being me sharing the information of things because I got to the point in my life, also because of my age, saying that, you know, with this information that I have, if something happened to me tomorrow, it's going to go with me, right? 30 some years I've done, 30 some years of highs and lows of struggles and victories, it's going to be gone. And this is information that I need to share with other people. But like I said, writing a book, and I will write a book, um, but writing a book was not something that took ever precedence in my life because I feel like it's more like tooting my own horn doing that. And also, it's not really applicable. Informa Real estate changes every day how we do things, so it has to be up-to-date information I share with people. So that's why I decided to teach in a live form, you know, upgrading my training several times a year, teaching a live event, teaching online via, you know, live calls, giving information that's actually working. Because like, for example, you know, we had the pandemic, right, with coronavirus, and we had 2007-2008, the stuff that shifted with the economy. We had 9-11 in 2001. Things change all the time. You know, and, and to put out a book there that's obsolete by next year, to me, wasn't the way to go to share my information. So that's why I'm here today. And then since 2010, uh, what I moved forward, I uh, relocated, had a major relocation in 2015. and moved from the Midwest to Florida. That's why I have this beautiful background now in my front yard. Um, so I moved to Florida and then also I... Uh, my daughter, who is now with me uh, as far as an investor, she started uh, doing our business. So I taught her the same thing I teach everybody else. But like everybody else, I made her pay for the, the, the training because she had to be serious. If you don't ever need some money in the game, you know, she had to pay for the marketing, she had to pay for the training because this, then she was going to take things serious. I didn't want to hand it to her and say, here you go. She had to earn it somehow. But that's what I say, you know, and the thing is, like I shared with you in the beginning, it took me eight years from 2000, uh, I'm sorry, 1987 to 1995 to really get a good handle on the business before I went out on my own and made it happen. Now we can help you expedite the learning curve, you know, by you can be where I was in eight years in about six months to a year because we can help you really put the infrastructure together so much faster. So hopefully this information was helpful to you. Nowadays, if you ask me what I'm doing now, I still have several of my rental properties that we have paid off years ago. So that's my recurring income. Uh, we do wholesaling heavily. We cherry pick, do fix and flips as well, but I'm very selective on the fix and flips I do because you know, to supervise all the whole construction process. I don't want to be so much hands-on anymore. Um, and so we still do all of that. Um, the emphasis has been on wholesaling lately and the private money. I have money available, so that's not a question. But now to also share with you how I get this information and get the private money, this is what I'm here for. Um, so great, thanks. Hopefully this uh, brief podcast has been helpful to you to put everything in a contest, how my career has developed as an investor. And now I'm still here as an investor 30 some years later. And I wish the same for you. It's a great adventure. It's a great business. You'll never get tired of it. Every deal is different. And the money, uh, is, the money is the sky's the limit, honestly, in this business. And you do something that's worthwhile because you 
Help others. Thanks again.